When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. The Scots have invaded the United States of America. <laughs> Were you trying to do a Scottish accent? Oh, it is me, Scott. Scott, Scott, Scott. <laughs> It is I, I drink beer and I scut. Oh, Malays, lads. If we have a single international listener, <laughs> <laughs> this is very oh, bad. Oh, laddie. Laddie, laddie, Scottish Terrier. Oi, oi, oi. I actually don't think that they say oi. I think it's the Australians who say oi. Oi. No, oi. no, British people say oi. Oh, British. What do Scots people like, say? Like Cockney. Then we go like, oi. Yeah, but, you know. But, uh, what do the Scots say? I don't know everything what about them. What do the Scots say? Scots, 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 Scots. I don't know. Well, all I know is I learned two seconds ago that Ewan McGregor is Scottish. You didn't know that? No, I've only... Did you not know that while you were watching Trainspotting? Uh, no, that I did, but I thought he was putting on an accent because I thought he was British. Uh, oh, no, no, this no. This whole time, I thought he was fucking British. His last name is McGregor. I was like, he's uh, McGregor. <laughs> I think you well, in, in Trainspot because it's all like in Edinburgh, <laughs> Edinburgh, in the barrels of Edinburgh, the heroin. I'm Scottish, but I guess it was the. I mean, we'll get into it because yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's like my take on the movie. <laughs> it's just that it's Scottish. Uh, how are you, Jessica? <laughs> I'm good. Hey, you I, know, <laughs> things have been stressful lately. Um, well, first of all, happy election. Happy election. Uh, it's only happy because Joe Biden is president. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we have any Trump supporter listeners. Yeah. Do you think? I would guess no. I would guess no. Only because, I'm not, not because I have any biases, but simply because that's a lie that's actually a lie i think i literally think it's just i'm just biased yeah so. uh, yeah i don't know but um yeah know. so joe biden won the election for us that is possible oh biden baby yeah mama kamala first female yeah black and south asian vice president yes elect yes kamala it's very exciting yes, and there were also a lot of um, exciting things pass for Los Angeles in general. Los Angeles. Jackie Lacey is out of here. Yeah. Down with Jackie. <laughs> down with Jackie. Bye bye. Um, we got some good props passed. Lots of propositions mm -hmm. about drugs got passed across the yeah, country. Yeah, baby. Let's get lit. Let's um, watch a little Oregon, movie. Oregon, I'm looking at you. Oregon, you did the right <laughs> thing, baby. Guess where I'm going this summer? <laughs> Oregon. Oregon. I mean, that, that's stressful, but also our Instagram got fucking deactivated. Oh, yeah. Well, well I'll, I'll, <sighs> let, I'll let you tell them, Jessica, because this I, is... Before Jessica starts, actually, I just want to yeah. say, Jessica is our social media person, <laughs> and... Uh, she put a lot of thought and care into our Instagram. So I just want to publicly say 
Jessica puts in significantly <laughs> more work than I do on the Instagram. And the only reason we had our at one point 80 followers and the next day mm-hmm. 79 was because of <laughs> Jessica. So I just think that Instagram, you need to get your shit together. Jessica, explain. I So, I mean, I post on our Instagram every day and yes. I had posted that day already. And then so it was the, the it was the account that my phone was already logged into. And then I went on it later to to post something else. And I opened my phone and it just said, your account has been deactivated. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> and I said, um, excuse me (laughs) so instagram makes you jump through all these fucking hoops you have to like verify your identity and shit and you have to wait 20 approximately 24 hours after doing that trash in order to even like submit an appeal because they tell you that you've been been deactivated because you violated their terms we're going to court literally all i do is post photos of celebrities (laughs) and call them daddies and i like people are posting their full ass asses on instagram i can't post a picture of jack nicholson (laughs) like that's what i want to know so um yeah i'm frustrated we lost a lot of content if if we don't get it back we're trying to get it back yeah we're trying to get it back i hope that's the goal if you're listening to this and you're on instagram you better send those fuckers a dm and tell them please to reactivate our account yeah i i so i created a backup account it's called john favreau is my daddy pod so it's the same as before just with pod at the end go follow um there is a post that says we were deactivated (laughs) on it (laughs) um tag instagram share it and tag the original podcast handle which is just john favreau's my daddy um and that might help draw some attention maybe i I, i've read on the internet that that can help but until then i'm just submitting appeals every fucking day (laughs) so we'll see because i really i there were so many good videos on there so many good wine pairings so the wine pairings the brendan fraser videos those alone i'm i'm sad about it but you know if we can't we will we shall rebuild we shall rebuild and, we we shall move on. <laughs> and it will be fine brick by brick we will build this <laughs> castle into the sky <laughs> and it'll be better and painted better uh, so uh, fuck you instagram i don't know if it will be better that's the problem i don't know either we were on a roll there who Seriously. knows if we're more mediocre blame fucking instagram i know it seems like they de- deactivated us because i posted something telling everyone to vote which yeah. you know seems a little sus but sorry guys we can't tell you to go vote for whoever the fuck you want yeah i didn't even say who you should vote for i just, just said like, hey vote. <laughs> if you're stressed about the election listen to our episode but hey also maybe you should vote and then they said mm, no this sounds like Mm-mm. a conspiracy so this we're sounds like a bot you. you're a bot <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, sorry well, about that rant it's okay um uh, today though we're talking about a, a a daddy the one and only baby yeah a scottish daddy Ewan McGregor. You win McGregor. I love Ewan. Singer, actor, kind of dancer. <laughs> a little bit. He move he can move. You know what? He's a mover. <laughs> a mover and a shaker. He's a mover and a shaker and a change maker. Tell us about him, Jessica. I know. Okay, so Ewan McGregor is our numero uno Scottish daddy. <laughs> Ewan was born in Perth, Scotland and moved to London when he was 18 to study at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. Ewan made his screen debut in the 1993 miniseries Lipstick on Your Collar and then quickly made his film debut in Bill Forsyth's, or Forsyth's, I don't know, Being Human <laughs> the next year in 1994. 
Ewan rapidly gained attention that same year for his role in the thriller Shallow Grave, and by 1996 was an international breakout star after starring in Danny Boyle's Train Spotting. Oh yeah, baby. Since then, Ewan has become a household name with notable starring roles in films like the Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> Mulan Rouge, Casual. and Big Fish. When he's not stealing our hearts on screen, you can find Daddy Ewan taking cross-country motorcycle trips, some of which have been documented and turned into the series Long Way Round, Long Way Down, and Long Way Up. <laughs> Ewan is also the literal daddy to four children. Mother of God, what a man. What a man, what a man. What an eclectic man. He loves motorcycles. He loves motorcycles and America. Yeah, well, apparently, so he got his citizenship so that he could vote in the 2020 election. No way. Yeah. After the 2016 election, he was like, fuck this and applied for citizenship and got it so he could vote. Who did he vote for? He's a big Democrat. (laughs) Did he vote for a whole Biden? (laughs) I believe he did. I wonder what state he's running. Probably California, in which case, um, good effort, Ewan. Your vote didn't matter. I was going to say, why didn't you (laughs) register in like, I don't know, Georgia? Georgia? (laughs) Wisconsin? Arizona? Michigan? <laughs> to be fair, I don't know where he is registered. <laughs> oh, yeah, honestly. Mm. I don't know where he lives here, but um, he also lo- loves motorcycles. Do we know if he has an Architectural Digest video? I don't know that. I just, I'm really snoopy about He might. Houses. We could always Google that. But um, mm. yeah, he, he loves taking motorcycle trips. And apparently, like, he was a UNICEF ambassador and did this whole thing where he was driving across, like, different countries and, like, the middle east or something delivering vaccines sub-saharan africa maybe something like that wow but yeah isn't that crazy what a motorcycle maniac (laughs) he's like a superhero on a a bike superhero on a bike (laughs) anyway he played a heroin addict as i feel like okay is it just me or do all large stars yeah at some point have to play like you have if you want to if you want an oscar you have to play play. (laughs) to be fair ewan mcgregor never got an oscar (laughs) um he has not been nominated for an academy award not once never three emmys three golden globes he won a golden globe sag awards as well no winners in that category no um that's that's weird That's Garbage Town. He's um, a very good actor. I guess we just don't like Scots <laughs> in America. I mean, people like Scottish actors, right? They love Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Uh, rest in peace. Also, Sean Connery died and Alex Trebek just died. I as heard well. we will sing the Jeopardy song in his name. <laughs> do, 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 Sorry, I had to make it like sad. I know, I know. How do you do it in like a minor key? Dude, no, that's just lower. I, I don't know anything <laughs> about music, so. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, RIP to those big daddies. Yeah, that was very sad. Moving on. Our first You'd Win film. You'd Win. Yes, You'd Win. Good. As in, You'd Win One Day, Ewan. Ewan, you will win. You one will day. win, baby. <laughs> Train Spotting, 1996, directed by Danny Boyle, written by John Hodge, based on the novel by Irvine Welsh, which I have read. And you have. it was not illuminating. <laughs> so you didn't love the book, is what I'm gathering. No. Is but I love the like, movie. Okay, okay. So the movie is better than the book. This is one humble Los Angeles's opinion. Opinion. All right. Humble, humble. Okay. Humble, humble, humble. Humbug. That's me. But today. What this train spotting is about is 
a wild freeform trip through the darkest recesses of Edinburgh lowlife, focusing on Mark Renton, played by Ewan McGregor, and his attempt to give up his heroin habit, and how the latter affects his relationship con familia y friends. And that's Edinburgh for anyone <laughs> wondering. Uh, which is a town in Scotland. Scotland. In Scotland. In Scotland. It is me with my scort in Scotland. Your scort? You know, my scort. You mean it your is, kilt? No, it's, yes. Okay. The one with the, like, the flannel yeah, pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flannel pattern. <laughs> the Scots are rolling right now. Uh, the Scots hate me. No. I'm just ignorant. <laughs> I'm just ignoramus maximus. That's what I am. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, we love you. This is an incredible film. Yes. it. This movie is like being on drugs. Mucho I would say. sad. Mucho, mucho, mucho sad. Really sad. Really gross. Disgusting. Fucking gross movie. A lot of things... I, I don't like anything having to do with like needles Mm -mm. or throwing up or (laughs) or sweating or poop or like, that's just not my vibe. It's just not my vibe. Like I've seen this movie. I want to say like seven times total in my lifetime. Every single time. I'm just like, yeah, it's also pretty violent as well. It's very, very, there's a lot of violence. Um, and like and like Scottish violence, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, like literally just like literally. throwing a giant glass in a bar and having it shatter on literally. someone's head. Uh, which this is the second time we've seen that happen. The first time was in Kingsman, which is in <laughs> yep. the UK. They know how to party across the pond. They know what I'm they're just doing. saying. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, this movie is nuts it has like one of the best beginnings of a movie that i've ever seen it's very fast um and just talking about how good heroin is yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) i will say as it's it's a very specific experience that i don't think that everyone has a chance to like Mm -hmm. um lean into i just like as a general population i feel like this movie was a pretty big opening into like the world of like specifically heroin addicts mm-hmm. and the movie kind of mirrors that and yeah. like shows you that world and it's why it's kind of disgusting and like gritty and a little trippy and like kind of all over the place yeah and i really like that i i like that as well and but without like sacrificing any sort of like humor that comes with a life like that absolutely it's um, like it's like almost it's pathetic like it's it's really laughable yeah like at the beginning we're all laughing because everyone's doing heroin and yes. there's a baby crying in the corner and then an hour later we're all sobbing because <laughs> everyone's doing heroin and said baby has died yes so you know it it gives you both sides absolutely <laughs> um I will say that the first few times I did watch this movie, I was a little bit just taken aback at how like in your face it was. Mm-hmm. It's not subtle at all. No, um, no. Which I find kind of reminiscent of Ewan McGregor's acting style mm-hmm. because he's very in your face also. Mm-hmm. And he, unlike Colin Firth, mm-hmm. <laughs> externalizes everything. Yeah. And is really like he emotes like pretty grandly. And I thought that that was really, that was like a good 
they mirrored each other really well, like the style of the film and Ewan's acting style. Yes. I thought that they meshed really well because they complemented each other in a really, really specific and like outward way. Yeah. Um, he was the perfect guy for this role, 100%. No, I, I totally agree. And he was super young when he did this. Um, <laughs> Baby, you'd win. And he was in the industry for like two years. Like, first of all, how fucking lucky is he to have gotten uh, a shot? like like this straight he, out of he, school he flew like rocketed into stardom it was kind kind of insane um that doesn't happen that often and then in this movie he's incredible he's so in it in kind of like a haunting way mm-hmm. because he looks like shit uh, and he <laughs> probably feels like shit. feels like shit probably <laughs> um but he, he's also oh my god he's just his i we say iconic a lot and it's an overused term but like is iconic truly iconic this, this is movie. an iconic film in general yeah um i you know what's so funny is you i don't know what his process was like going mm-hmm. into this film i don't know if he like did any like quote-unquote method acting mm-hmm. i don't know I, he, he said like, that he thought it, he said that he thought about it and then decided not to okay good for him <laughs> good for him uh it reminds me of this so like i'm a big arrested development fan sure, sure, sure. Know what I'm saying? um and it reminds me of this scene in one of the seasons of arrested development where um lindsey bluth is like hey, like, I'm going to go out and get a man, even though I have a husband named Tobias. And she, like, goes out and, like, meets this guy who's, like, supposedly homeless, but he's actually an actor, like, method acting, and he's supposed to be, like, a junkie and homeless and terrible. And it, it just reminded me, like, I'm like, what it's did you and you and do? <laughs> did you and go out into the world? I feel like he'd have to do something because this movie is pretty immersive i think it would be hard to do it coming from a place of like not knowing yeah um you know i i the reason i bring this up is like i i feel like with stories like this as an actor it's really difficult to get into that place if you've never like if you don't know necessarily like where you're pulling that from Mm -hmm. and i think that's what's sort of like intriguing me about you and mcgregor's performance in train spotting because to get to that place like you have had to have somewhere to dig from yeah and i think it's really difficult for me to believe that he had nothing to pull from yeah uh, and he didn't like do any re- not necessarily not do any research because, mm-hmm. but like that's why i brought up the question like did he shoot up heroin <laughs> like does he does he know what that's like i to, mean i think it's a valid something? question because yeah. that's what the movie is about but i mean he says he says he didn't mm-hmm. i'm sure he did some other things maybe <laughs> to prep for the role but um, um yeah it's just I I think I one of the reasons why I like his performance so much is because the movie is narrated in third person. Yeah. Um by Ewan about Ewan. <laughs> so he he's narrating his own story in third person. So he's saying like Renton the entire time, but mm-hmm. it's himself. Yeah. Um and I liked I don't know if the book is written in third person or not or if it's written in first person regardless um i just like that they had the choice to have him narrate his own story but in third person to kind of display the disconnect that renton as a character feels between who he actually is as a person and what he's doing yeah um and all the actions and like the shitty the shitty things that he's doing the entire movie because he's um, not a great person most of no, the no. time. <laughs> and I think 
then for Ewan to take take that disconnect and also be able to show it to you through his acting, there's just a lot of layers to this performance um, that I really I really respect and admire in him as an actor. I absolutely agree. And I think in order to really get into the mindset of like, you know, I'm about to dive into the worst toilet in Scotland, mm-hmm. like you really have to come from a place like that's really dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that scene is disgusting. It's fucking gross. And, and it's in the first like five minutes. I guess it just really solidifies my respect for you and McGregor because you just you once again, like you have to be pulling from somewhere really deep and mm-hmm. really dark and be really transparent with that that process yeah because otherwise like i don't necessarily think that that would have been a very honest performance yeah and you as an actor have to be aware that you do have to remain not necessarily relatable but like likable in some sort of way in order for people to buy into your bullshit absolutely because this this movie is a bunch of people acting horrible yeah most of the time and most of the time you have to fundamentally believe that it is not necessarily because they want to but because they absolutely have to like they need to they need to not just because of the drugs but also because of like their socioeconomic you know their lifestyle yeah exactly um so there there's a lot there's a lot going on there and i think it takes a really seasoned actor to get you to to like the character and to buy into the character, but also to be aware that like the character sucks. Yeah. But first you can't, you love him and you hate him. And Ewan also luckily has one of those faces where he's just like boyishly sweet and yeah. handsome and almost like very pretty, yes. but can also go like fully insane. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Trainspotting is an incredible film. It's mm-hmm. really well made, but I have to be honest. Like I think the best thing about this film mm-hmm. are the performances in it, specifically Ewan McGregor's. Yeah. Um, and for being so young, uh, it really kind of just blows my fucking mind as to like how he is able to literally like step into the suit of his character mm-hmm. and really like break down the threads of that process and like yeah. break them like one by one and like really unhinge into that character. Yeah. And I only ever saw him do that one more time in Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he also plays like an addict type character in yeah. that film and he sort of like went to the same place and it was very reminiscent of his of where he went in train spotting, except he was significantly older. <laughs> <laughs> this movie I think came out in like 2019. Um, and I just it really makes like I just really admire his ability to shed his skin in that way that a lot of actors really can't because you'll see like you, the listener, you'll see the range that he truly has like mm-hmm. in the three films that we picked because he has very, very different types of the same emotion in each and every character Mm -hmm. that he plays like there's sadness right but then there's like heroin addict sadness and there's like genuine like depression sadness and there's just like momentary sadness and he plays each one so differently and so well Mm -hmm. and so specifically that it's it kind of just blows my mind like i always forget that i'm watching a movie with the same like this is ewan mcgregor and oh i'm watching a ewan mcgregor movie Mm -hmm. like it always kind of blows me away that I never I never am able to put him in a box. It's really difficult for me to do that. Yeah, no, agreed. And I, I think that has a little bit at least to do with how he conducts himself publicly. Absolutely. Because he's an he's an actor that like quite frankly 
I don't know a lot about. Absolutely. He doesn't have like, he's not one of those celebrities who has like a distinct set public persona or Mm -hmm. like public reputation. And because we don't really know who he is or what he's like or much about his life in general, like it's really, really easy to place these identities upon him in, in movies and fully buy into it. And I don't know if that was a, you know, business strategy of his in marketing himself as an actor, but it certainly, it helps a lot because there are actors who are able to like still be believable despite their reputations, but it does help that Ewan McGregor is like this blank canvas of an actor. No, it's so fucking exciting to come across an actor that cannot be typecast. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say it. It's really difficult in like this day and age, specifically in the now Hollywood times, yeah. to find an actor who is in typecast who plays the exact same character in mm-hmm. various different films in slightly different ways. Yeah. It's very, very, very hard. I'm talking to you, Timothy Chalamet. I'm not trying to name anyone specific. I'm really not trying to name anyone specific, and I'm not trying to name any specific generation. I see you, millennials. I see you, Gen Z. No one specific. I'm just saying that there are actors uh, yes. who are unfortunately very talented who get typecast very quickly. Yeah. And it sucks and it needs to end. Yeah. And I don't think that that happened with you and no the opposite it's so refreshing and so exciting to see him do so many different things yeah and to bring something new and fresh to the the table every single time the man was in star wars yeah the man was in star wars and that didn't like taint his entire career he was in star wars and it didn't he he wasn't mark hamill it didn't it didn't (laughs) mark hamill him yeah you know does that make sense no it it makes perfect sense it makes he's such a fluid actor. And I think that's why, like I texted you and I was like, I love you and McGregor so much. He's so talented. I cannot tell you why, though. No, it's impossible. It's very difficult for me to point to something about his acting or about his performances and go like, this is what makes him really good because he's mm-hmm. just good. Like, he's he, just fucking good. You know, when a lot of the times like i i'm a fundamental believer in mm-hmm. like hard work over talent yeah every single time just because i think like if you if you really like spend your days and nights really working hard yeah. towards something just it's math like the probability of you actually like getting something without it being sheer luck or being in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. is significantly higher period across the board yeah. right i just I have to be honest. I just think that Ewan McGregor is fucking talented and we just have to accept that. Like, yeah. it's just something that, like, it's one of those facts of life, like evolution. <laughs> Monica said evolution in quotes. I'm, just, I'm literally kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's like one of those facts of life that we just have to accept because it's science, like climate change or polar bears. There's no such thing as a white bear. I mean, it's all facts. It's all facts. Oh my god! So that was train spotting. That was train spotting. Uh, one more quick thing, like the the cinematography and the editing. And oh my god, makes the movie. I can't. I can't. I know it's about you, and but I can't leave the discussion of train spotting without saying that because the editing is what 
like I think makes the movie because they have all of those little really quick shots that quick are just cuts. angle changes in the same scene. Like so fast. Mid conversation sometimes. Yes. It's jarring. It's jarring. It's it makes jarring. your head fucking spin and you're like, oh shit. Am I on drugs? This is what this is what puts the viewer in the minds of the characters. It's so fucking smart. No, Danny Boyle is a fucking genius. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's great. Incredible. He made an like he made an iconic film. There's a reason why they were able to make a second train spotting 20 years later (laughs) and have it be good (laughs) like that's why oh it's just it's a it's an incredible film if you have not seen train spotting we're talking train spotting 1996 yeah yeah not t2 train spotting (laughs) if you haven't seen train spotting please go watch it yeah it's really fucking good Ewan is incredible in it. Danny Boyle is a, like, he's such a visionary director. The editing is incredible. The cinematography is incredible. Um, I think the, if I'm not mistaken, I think the author of the book makes a small cameo. Really? In the movie. I, I'm almost 100% sure that he plays the heroin dealer. Oh, Ewan's okay. heroin dealer. Um, it's just a fun little, like, cheeky little, like, cameo that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. The book is also great. All things are great. The source material was great. This movie was great. Ewan. Ewan, baby, we love He's you. He's amazing. We love you in this movie. We love you, Ewan. Moving to a very different side of Ewan now. Um, I'll call this the wild card this is the, the wild UN card films. i would say this is the we we were really stumped on a third on a third film to choose and there were lots of options he's been in lots of movies and yet lots of movies that didn't really get a lot of attention he's kind of like a colin firth in that way it's the same yeah. issue it's that the we same problem yeah i think it's like i think it's all the foreigners it, it, it's, <laughs> it's something about it i don't know but so he's been in a lot of mediocre movies or movies that he was really good in but movies didn't get a lot of attention so mm-hmm. we just picked one we picked a good one a really, really, really good one. A really good one. Um, that I watched at midnight last night. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so did I. And this movie is called Down With Love. Down With Love. This movie was made in 2003, directed by Peyton Reed, written by Eve Allert and Dennis Drake. That's Peyton Reed of Ant-Man fame. Yes, director of Ant-Man. Ant-Man man. It's the Ant-Man man. <laughs> if no one can do it, then the Ant-Man man can. <laughs> And he did. What? And he did. I didn't see Ant-Man, so, you know. Uh, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Synopsis of Down With Love. New York City in 1962. Suave reporter Catcher Block, played by Ewan McGregor, always gets his story, the spotlight, and any dame he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, he toys around with his spineless boss, Peter McManus, played by David Hyde Pierce. But now he's challenged by author Barbara Novak, played by Renee Zellweger, whose feminist book Down With Love preaches women should enjoy no-string sex like men, portraying him as the worst kind of man. Catcher promises to help Peter swing a date with Barbara's devoted but amateur editor, Vicki Hiller, played by Sarah Paulson. Sarah fucking Paulson. In one of her first big roles. (laughs) While he masquerades as astronaut Zip Martin to seduce Novak and turn the tables on her. Wow. What a plot. Let me just say, (laughs) if it sounds crazy, it's because it is. It really, really is. Yeah. Um, I just want to stop and talk about the tone of this movie before we go into anything else. Sure, yeah. It it is a movie that you just have to like go with in order to 
gain the most out of it yeah it's not a movie that you like turn on and you're like oh i hate the way that this is going so i'm gonna turn it off like no 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 you have to commit you have, you have to, to sit to the there ride. and you'll have to commit to the ride of the film the tone is insane <laughs> it's like a like bubblegum zany 1960s crazy sex comedy spoof yeah. something it's like it's really really specific it's almost like as if they were stage acting but on camera slash it's also kind of a spoof slash it's also kind of serious yeah yeah it's very it's really bright and crisp zany and has all of those like classic 1960s like orchestra like you know yes the like the do 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 yes do, you mark shaman <laughs> yes it's got mark shaman <laughs> and um the costumes are incredible it's just like a big aesthetic that translates into the plot itself that they lean into so heavily they fall right in you could argue that it's almost making fun of it yeah and it kind of is, but it also kind of isn't. Yeah, it's a really self-aware film. Yes. Um, it's just fun. It is. I, wa- I watched this movie for the first time when I was like nine years old. Incredible. And we found the DVD at Blockbuster. Of course you did. And in like the $5 bins, you oh, know? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And um, I watched it a uh, hundred times maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because this is my exact movie. If I could make a movie, I would make this movie. Yeah. Um. I just before we really go into this yeah, movie yeah, yeah. i just i want to tell our listeners and you heard it here <laughs> first i will make the musical version of this movie yeah i need 60 million dollars if any of you guys is an investor man uh-huh. woman person yeah if you have 60 million dollars and you trust me give me the money i trust i'll you. turn it into a musical i'll call up my good friend and pal Mark Shaman, get the music done. We will cast it with people. (laughs) And we will put it on the Gershwin stage when Wicked is done. Because it has to be on the Gershwin stage. You heard it here first, kids. And we will sell chocolate bars at the opening night. Yes. 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 Maybe we'll get Renee back. I don't know. We could. I don't know. She she might be down. She might be down. Ewan might be down. Listen. Ewan McGregor in this film is a fucking revelation. <laughs> He's a riot in this movie. Like, unlike any other you and I've ever seen. Do you remember when we said, He's just talented, it's a fact? Yeah. That translates so well into this film. He is just an actor that is like balls to the wall, like lets himself go and it doesn't fucking matter what it is. Like he plays. It's so exciting to see. It's so exciting to watch yeah. him just like totally like melt into a character and like totally have fun with it very you know i did watch birds of prey (laughs) very much like his character in birds of prey where he's just like a a zany guy and he's just like (laughs) i know what i want i'm ewan mcgregor playing this guy and i know what i want and it's so exciting i fucking love him he He plays this guy named catcher catcher block what a fucking name which i just think is so dumb and so 60s uh and it's just such a zany role yeah he plays like this ultra confident sexy womanizer what do they call him uh man oh um um ladies man man's man man about town (laughs) catcher block catcher block 
ladies man, man's man, man about town. They say that about five times throughout the movie. It's it's a running gag. It's like it's pretty good. <laughs> but then he plays Zip Martin. The astronaut. He gets the name from various posters around the dry cleaners. In a dry cleaner. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because he's trying to like swindle Renee Zellweger's character into like falling in love with him to write this like expose because he works as like a big big he's journalist. a journalist for <laughs> no magazine as in n or not n but k-n-o-w, N-O-W yeah. as in like be the man in the know yeah exactly um this the plot is um twisted a little complicated it's complicated in a way that like you think it's complicated as a viewer from your point of view and then renee zellweger decides to have one of those scenes you know those scenes where they explain to you the con that has been happening yes where the camera slowly pushes in and she's like i did this and catch a block i went behind your back to become this right into my plot into my trap my name is actually nancy brown and i used to be your secretary yeah and and then when I was your secretary, I thought, oh, I knew exactly what you were going to do when I made this plot to you. And I knew that you would act this way. And I knew that I knew I just knew that you would make up a fake character to come here and try to seduce me and get me to fall in love with you. Well, ha! I. <laughs> you did. You did. And I fell ahead of your plot. <laughs> it's just. Bana- it's bananas. Uh, and the fact that Ewan McGregor, of all people, can make his character really fucking believable uh-huh. is just the like cherry on top of a very funfetti cake. Yeah. I Up until this point, I don't know if we've ever seen a role where Ewan is like a playboy. And Never. I feel like that was not his reputation as an actor. I mean, no. we just got done saying he didn't really have a reputation, but I feel like he wasn't playing roles like this, at least. No, I mean, he had just... The whole reason why they made this movie, they were like, let's get Renee from Chicago and Ewan from Moulin Rouge and like get the two hottest stars of the moment in a room together mm-hmm. and let's make a movie. Let's put a Michael Bublé theme song in it mm-hmm. um, and go to town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's just... It's one of the most fun things I can watch because you can tell that the actors are having a really good time. You can tell how much fun that they had making this fucking yeah. movie. He's not afraid to be absolutely ridiculous because like the script is also ridiculous. It's but in like a really funny tongue in cheek way. Like it's so I said before, it's so self-aware and they get to just like play. And Ewan McGregor is so like schemy but also like really really sweet he's like he, I, I wrote in my notes i said he's impish he is he's impish <laughs> he's impish he plays an imp. <laughs> but then he does this like total 180 at the end and he's like i'm so in love with you barbara and you fucking believe him you believe him which you're supposed to because he is being genuine but for you to see him this entire movie where he's not genuine at all and then all of a sudden be like really fucking deep and emotional yes and then you buy it he like, bats those eyes those, yeah those big eyes oh god he has With such his long eyelashes. eyes he's <laughs> so such cute. he's got such a nice face i love you and <laughs> but yeah for, to do to do like character flips like that and you still be on board you know i mean it take it takes talent absolutely um you can tell that this movie was like made to be a musical but it like wasn't a musical every <laughs> yeah. single time you think that someone's gonna burst into song they don't 
<laughs> and it's nice. I think that a lot of it, like, again, like this movie, I think is supposed to be like a big homage to like the 1960s sex comedies. Mm-hmm. And it's almost spoofy, but less spoofy and more so like an homage yeah. and very self-aware and a little campy, but not really, or not really campy. And it's, it's, it, I think it exists in its own like world yeah. of film. Yeah. And I think that not a lot of films, like I have not seen a film that is exactly like this film or even close to it. Same. Um, really. I would say like the closest thing is maybe Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> yeah. And that is like pretty far too. <laughs> so um, I the only singing that happens is in the end credit scene. Yeah. When uh, Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger have like this whole big like number but it's in the end credits so like if you if you're out of the theater by then like you don't see it you haven't seen it and word on the street is both of them insisted on doing a duet (laughs) they were like you can't possibly do this movie or you can't possibly have called us stars of moulin rouge and chicago (laughs) you cannot possibly call on us to come do this movie and not have us sing. We have to we sing. We have to sing. And they sang and they put it in the fucking end And it was so credits. good because they're they're like married <sighs> by then and there's they like released a book together and uh, it's just It's just like the the whole the whole like tagline of the film is the ultimate catch met his match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the whole point of the movie is like they're both kind of like swindlers in a yeah. way. Her, I have to be honest, like she really pulled the wool over my eyes, if you because know what I'm saying. how the fuck would you know any of that? <laughs> I mean, you know that he's the, he is the guy to yeah. swindle her because he you takes you along the for the swindler, ride. But she's the ultimate swindler. She's the ultimate swindler that we didn't see coming. No, we did not. That's why they need that scene in the end where she, she lays it all out there for you. And it is, I have to be honest, one of the longest monologues I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, I was getting, I'm great. I have seen this movie many times, but I was watching it last night, just like staring at the screen and I had had a lot of wine, but I was still staring at the screen just like, what? Excuse me? (laughs) You did what? You had what? (laughs) Your plan was what? (laughs) You trapped me in your where? (laughs) Oh, man. I just like. You gotta watch it. David Hyde Pierce is in this movie and he's a big Broadway legend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Most notably, he played. He was in Spam a lot. He played Sir Robin and he sang the song about the Jews. Wasn't he also in Curtains? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You won't get up on Broadway if you don't have any Jews. Ow! That's <laughs> what he's saying. Uh, it is, I think, the perfect popcorn movie. I yeah. think it's a great date movie. There's something in it it's for a really everyone. Good date movie. And I just... It's really hard for for us to describe Ewan McGregor's performance because it really you just have to see it. Like you just have to watch the movie to see like how far he gets into it. Yeah. And how much he allows himself to just like play with Renee Zellweger. Yeah. And how much he just allows himself to like step into that suave, like stereotypical 1960s playboy bachelor guy. 
um, while also being very, very smart and very hilarious in a very specific way, though. Yeah. Like, all of his mistakes are the things that are hilarious and all the things that make him not suave are the things that are hilarious. Like, when you, when he's being a dumb man is when it's fucking funny. Yeah. Like, when the... What's her face? Gwendolyn or whatever her <laughs> Gwendolyn name is. the Pan Am stewardess. The Pan Am stewardess when she like hatches him or like is in yes. any way involved with him. He's always like giving her the most cheesy one liners and you believe it. You believe <laughs> that that would 100% come out of this character's mouth. Yep. I also love that like when he's playing catcher, not zip. Yes. Um, he ha- he's just speaking in his normal Scottish mm-hmm. accent, which makes this so much more fun. Absolutely. I, I think because it's just like him having yes. a good fucking time. Um, and I love that when he's playing Zip, he literally is like, I'm a hick <laughs> from somewhere. Don't know where. Major Zip Martin. It's me, Major Zip Martin. I could sure use a tang. <laughs> oh, what a film. You gotta watch it. You just have to watch it. Do it's us just, a favor. It really is just one of those films that you just have to like sit yourself down get through it ignore Mm -hmm. the fact that it totally flopped yeah ignore the fact that it fucking tanked just go watch it Mm -hmm. i promise you that you will have an excellent time you will it because they're both great together sarah paulson's really funny um david hyde pierce is really funny everyone in this movie is good so go watch it 10 out of 10 and that brings us to the final you in film beginners 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 is one of my favorite films beautiful movie it's gorgeous gorgeous darling. gorgeous beginners uh came out in 2010 written and directed by mike mills in 2003 la 38 year old oliver played by the stunning ewan mcgregor mm-hmm. is grieving his father hal played by the incredible christopher Plummer, has died five years after his mother georgia after her death and 45 years of marriage Hal comes out of the closet. In flashbacks, we see Oliver with Hal during his last year of life, in love with younger man Andy. There are also flashbacks to Oliver's childhood with his lonely, quirky mom that explain his emotional unavailability. Oliver meets rootless French actress Anna, played by Melanie Laurent, in town for a month, living in hotels as she goes from film to film. Their romance gives Oliver hope for a new beginning yes this what a film uh 10 out of 10 christopher Plummer won an oscar and is the oldest oscar oscar winner or of best supporting actor i think right i think so he was 82 when he won it what a guy yeah i know right still kicking still working <laughs> still going for it <laughs> still uh still replacing people in movies yep <laughs> still doing that still doing that he's still, 91 and he still, still has uh, movies in production still on mopping up people's messes if you uh oh, catch my drift boy. getting that coin that uh that coin for replacing people if you know what i'm saying <laughs> what i'm saying yeah 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 uh beginners <laughs> beginners is one of those movies that you really just have to watch in order to understand like the nuance and its yeah. tone and its style it's like it's a really arty film but not in the way where where it's like a filmy film you know how we talk mm-hmm. about like those filmy films this is like it 
it's it's an indie movie. It really yeah. draws you in into like this really quiet charm mm-hmm. about it and it's very visual. It sort of like shows you the stages of his grief through mm-hmm. these cartoons that he draws because he's a greeting card maker. Yeah. The main character played by Ewan McGregor. Um and it's it's really the film is about like grieving and then in that grief sort of like finding out like who you are and like what your place in this world is. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a very very specific experience because you're already really old <laughs> like you're already like an older man mm-hmm. and figuring out that kind of your entire life your father who you thought was one thing mm-hmm. is very much another and that he deserves to be happy yeah and that even though he only got to be really himself for only the last years of his life mm-hmm. like you have to be there for him and you have to accept him really quickly mm-hmm. because he was he was um diagnosed with a terminal illness yeah and you it's it's such an such a specific situation because like you have to force yourself to be accepting mm-hmm. and to remove the process by which you accept someone which is mm-hmm. is a process right yeah. you can't just like turn a switch on or off no um and you have to accelerate that process because your father's dying Mm -hmm. and you just have to say right for these next few years of your life you're gonna be gay and i have to be okay with that and i have to make your life as comfortable as possible and i just have to be there for you and so it's such a specific film yeah and i think that the experience was really beautifully like brought to life by the characters by the by the actors playing those characters and by the filmmaker 10 out of 10 film yeah i it's a really pretty movie it has like an element of whimsy to it as well which you know we love on, on this love club. love the whimsy love a realistic but like whimsically nuanced movie love the jack russell that has the subtitles because oh my you God. know what he's thinking <laughs> he's like he has a existential voice. subtitles yeah. too yeah it's so funny <laughs> but i also thought it was really smart for the movie to start with the death yes um because like work its way back almost yeah because it established it almost like gives the audience an opportunity to kind of like relax and to like breathe and know that like okay this movie is about this it has death in it but the dying is not what this movie is about um and so we can just kind of like accept that that happens and then move on Mm -hmm. and i think that that's really smart because i think sometimes in movies when it's about like terminal illness um and things like that sometimes you as an audience member can get caught up in that sadness yeah and not pay as much attention to like the other things that are happening in the background that are actually what like the meat of the story is about you know so i thought that that was really really smart and i obviously think that ewan's performance is just he he's just so good i mean we've said it before he's such a blank canvas and this role especially was really special to get to watch because you're learning who this man is as he is learning who he is yeah so a big part like i love what you said about like the film starting with death because Mm -hmm. this film right out right off the bat like totally like skews your expectation it's like this film is not about death this film is about the living yeah this film is about what death does to the living and how to get to a place where you can live life and be unapologetic about it Mm -hmm. and unfortunately our main character oliver again played by ewan mcgregor doesn't know how to live no like he is literally just floating through life 
and he has a lovely home and he has now the dog that his dad left behind and Mm -hmm. he's he really doesn't open himself up to anyone and he meets this like french actress who he meets at this like halloween party and hilariously he's dressed like freud Mm -hmm. yeah i just find to be so fucking funny (laughs) and so like insane Mm -hmm. um and i think like it's it's just one of those stories where you think like she's the one opening him up but really it's just time like it's literally just him digging through the pieces that like of his father which is why all those flashbacks are really important Mm -hmm. throughout the film because that's really what's healing him she's kind of not to say that she's like just there she does play a very like integral role in his life and making Mm -hmm. you know and in getting him out of his comfort zone but really like him learning to live is is him looking back at his father's life and piecing all that together and his mom and that that whole scene where or every single scene where she like shoots him dead as a child is so funny is so funny and so cheeky and so niche and you're just like this bitch hates her life like so much oh my god because every single time it's like bang (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i love I love the character of Anna in this movie because I think too often like women are the vehicles for men's progress. Yeah. (laughs) We can just call it what it is y'all. And when in reality in this movie, it's not that she is the one making him change or like he's changing for her, but she's the, because he's so alone in life, she's the one who tells, who like gives him the space to, accept things in his life and to explore his emotions yes she like gives him the grace to do so yes um which i think i i accept as a as a character yes move it's really hard like us as women it's really hard for us to just like see women in movies as like vehicles for like men's change yeah slash not really anything yeah i'm looking at you julia roberts in oceans 11 (laughs) She's just there to deliver the snappy lines and to give good old <laughs> Jorge Clooney a kiss. Uh, it's really hard for me to accept movies only using women as vehicles for like men's change or, mm-hmm. or as arm candy or as the honestly like do not give me another manic pixie dream girl. I don't want that in my life anymore. <laughs> Um, and it's just refreshing to see a film where the actress is actually pretty sure of herself. Yeah. And he is the one who is changing kind of without her. And he's very distant until he's not. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice. And she also has changed to experience. And they're just kind of like helping each other. I like I like that a lot of the plot is about them learning to lean on one another. And not like totally escape into each other. Exactly. There's a big like difference. Like taking care of their own shit individually but then also helping the other one out like uh, the way a healthy relationship is supposed to be cough cough (laughs) (laughs) our buddy our buddy Ewan is just he's just so like beautiful in this role it's kind of it sounds weird to call him graceful but that's kind of what I think of when I think of him acting in this movie um because it all just feels like so seamless and you know that he's struggling with grief, but it also doesn't seem like he's struggling at all with his father's identity because he's such like an open person, mm-hmm. which is really 
beautiful to watch because I think too many times you see stories where other people make like, like he could have made his father coming out as gay as like the big thing. Yeah. And could have taken it really badly. But he was able to be like, this is not what's important. And my dad is my dad Mm -hmm. and was like fully practically living with his dad's like younger boyfriend who uh, pause is in practical magic. He plays Jimmy Angel love in practical. It's incredible. (laughs) I've never seen this man in another movie before. Never, never. Not once. But he is in practical magic. His name is Andy in this movie. (laughs) In this movie. Uh, Yeah. No, I think that. With this film, Ewan McGregor plays the character like very close to his chest. Mm-hmm. And I really like that is so different to me than everything else that Ewan McGregor has put on the table like in his career. Yeah. Um, this movie really, really made me see that he could play solemn and mm-hmm. distraught and nervous and confused and slightly happy all at the same time in the same moment it's really really difficult to see all those layers in a single performance and he did that with this film um i just think that a a lot of what he conveyed was like pain and and uncertainty like throughout the whole movie like that's those are like the two primary emotions pain and uncertainty and I think that he did he did it in such a beautiful way and in such a believable way that you forgot that he was an actor playing a character. You really you were like you win. What's wrong? Yeah, I was just like, uh, who is Oliver? Like, let's get into him because he just lets like his who he really is is like a person. His own identity kind of like slowly trickle out of him as the movie goes on. Yeah. And you know that he's, you know that he's lovable. Yes. You know that he has, I mean, you and McGregor period has a magnetism about him. You, at least when I watch him in movies, I like can't keep my eyes off of him. He just has like one of those presences. Um, But you don't actually like know who he is. And yet you're really, really engaged with him. And you're like fully committed to being on this journey with him because he's 38 years old and doesn't know really anything about himself, but also thinks that he like is a little undeserving in a way because he has that scene with his friend where he's talking about Anna and how much he likes her. And he's like, I'm 38 years old. Like, what am I doing? And it's like, well, you're only 38. That's not that old. <laughs> which Just is like, yeah, which is why the movie's called Beginners. Like, yeah, you can begin at any time. You can begin at any time. Exactly. Um, it's just a really smart and lovely film. And yeah. his his portrayal of the character is, is that yeah. I mean, as well. One of my favorite scenes in the in the movie is when because his his character is a um, graphic designer slash greeting card yeah, maker, like illustrator, illustrator something. guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he makes all these like really quirky um, faces and mm-hmm. just like he the his drawing style is very specific and. Um, he in this scene he's like trying to draw he he gets commissioned to to illustrate the cover for a band and Mm -hmm. you can tell that the character is in this very you know sad place obviously because his dad had just died his mother had died before that and Mm -hmm. he also had to cope with his dad dropping essentially like a bomb on him Mm -hmm. and him you know going about through life um and he gets inspiration by like the stages of sadness and so he's like yeah like like, I'm really excited about this because, like, this is how I feel mixed in with, like, what I think of your album. 
and then he so he presents this like really beautiful idea to the band and he you you see him shift into like excitement Mm -hmm. and for the very first time and obviously like there's like you know a sadness to to behind that excitement but like you see him being the artist that he is and i love what ewan did with that moment because he just switched on that excitement because it came from a place of honesty i am truly excited about my art and this is how i'm coping with my sadness yeah and you see that it was a very pivotal moment in his character's life because they were like no i just want your old stuff like that's why we came to you and they shut down that idea and you just watch him like like someone shot his dog (laughs) yeah like it was something that he was banking on so much and i just i love how many emotions ewan mcgregor put into that character throughout that entire sequence Mm -hmm. and like that literal roller coaster of emotions it was so fun to watch and so sad i felt so terrible for his character i know his he does something interesting with sadness because it's hard to get like layers with the emotion with just being sad sad (laughs) um but he's sad and like a for the most part he's like sad in a very just like kind of uh, like graceful way like it's just it's like it's his his normal like way of being yes it's like (laughs) that's exactly what it is yeah it's like he's just so used to being sad and that's who he is but then he has other levels of sadness like he breaks down at certain points like when his dad actually dies and they do that flashback Mm -hmm. and he just you know fucking sobs yeah um and then at the same time he's recognizing that he has a sort of like codependence because of his sadness with this dog yes which is so beautiful and also so really beautiful. funny i um, love animal actors anytime they try he tries to leave the dog alone he's like i can't leave it alone no. and so he takes it with him like everywhere he goes in that scene where he is going to the halloween party in the very yeah. beginning he's like he's like because the dog's name is arthur he talks to him like he's a fucking person he's yeah. like arthur i have to go now and arthur's like <laughs> He, the subtitles are like no <laughs> um, and so he leaves and the dog's like and starts barking a lot. and he literally was like you know what i'm gonna walk in grab the dog and take him with me to a party to this party <laughs> it is just so the codependence is just so like oh my god and it's how he deals with his grief though it's yes so it's almost like the dog embodied not the spirit of his father but like the just companionship yeah, because the the dad and the dog had such a strong relationship yes. um and that's why when he takes the dog to see andy mm-hmm. his dad's much younger lover um he gets like nervous he's like yeah. is he gonna take my dog like yeah um it's just so uh it's such a great movie and it has such it has so much nuance and mm-hmm. like such specific emotions and it's such a specific way of showing like the stages of grief. Like I haven't seen a movie do that in this way. Yeah. And I love it. 10 out of 10. I also love it. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, so that's Ewan McGregor. That's Ewan. There are a lot of movies, um, that you can go see our buddy Ewan in. Uh, I love, I love him all the time. I love him in everything. He can sing, he can move. (laughs) Yeah, because we've established he's a mover. Go watch Moulin Rouge. Um, (laughs) Um, If you also want to feel like you're on drugs for a second movie, go watch Moulin Rouge. Yes, go watch (laughs) watch Moulin Rouge. Uh, Go watch Doctor Sleep, which is like one of his more recent films. Yes. Um, Also an incredible film. Love that movie. 
he plays he plays the kid in the shining if you remember that kid with the bowl cut <laughs> that kid he plays that kid oh. but but grown oh boy but grown grown uh yeah so that was ewan yeah we love him we love him monica yes what have you been dabbling in i have been dabbling Mm-hmm. in the election oh hell yeah <laughs> i've been dabbling in democracy i've been dabbling in democracy i wouldn't really call it a dabble i would call it a serious relationship sure yeah yeah, yeah. um it was really hard leading up to yesterday because this is we're recording this on sunday uh it was hard leading up to yesterday to sort of like wait in all of that like agony yeah to figure out the results so a lot of my dabbling was just in the news i really don't want to see what my screen time for this week was on my phone because probably real high it was probably i would say 80 percent of the time that i was awake and alert good god i was checking the news um yeah <laughs> so that's that's my that's uh what she's been dabbling that's in qu- but hey it's it's honest i literally was just checking the news Eighty percent of my time. I mean, I get it. I the only thing that was distracting me was the fucking Instagram debacle. So oh yeah, the great Instagram debacle of twenty twenty. That's, that's what I've been dabbling in is uh, screaming at Instagram as a company, mm-hmm. um, and also trying to set up this new account and mourning the loss, the potential loss of the old. One. Listen, guys, <laughs> if we don't get that account back, I'm a, I'm gonna have words. There's so many things on it. You know what? I wish at the very least that Instagram would fucking let you like download what you have posted and see who your followers were so that you can try and replicate it. But I guess they're not in the business of being nice. It's just garbage. (laughs) It just makes me sad. It's just it's always made me sad. It does make me sad. Um, But yeah. And then besides that, to distract myself, I've just been, you know, like cooking per usual. What did you cook? Um, What? did i cook that was good and interesting you know it's been like a lot of repeat meals i made this um this chicken that i really that uh sean really likes my boyfriend sean um it's like a walnut crusted chicken with pieces of brie on top and then it has this like honey mustard drizzle on it wait where's that recipe from it's a half-baked harvest recipe. yes i knew it i love half-baked harvest <laughs> so good we made that it was super good and then mm. my friend um eva sent me a box of nando's sauces from because she lives in washington dc where Lil there is, actually is a nando's yeah um even though like it, for those of you who don't know nando's is a uk chicken chain it's so random it's really good though <laughs> so she sent me the sauces and so i made i made like i marinated chicken in nando's sauce and so good oh, yeah. if you're really into cooking or just like culinary <laughs> so, like i don't know what you would call it even culinary culture sure uh you know what nando's is and it's just the most random nando's. like uk chicken like it's a chain like it's that's chain. really it's what like, it is if kukuru still existed yes. it's like kukuru it would literally just be that <laughs> like yeah. the uk and i can't believe that you got fucking the the sauce sent to you <laughs> four bottles baby oh my god fuck you uh one thing that i want to leave you guys with yeah uh before we go into our question is our um happy 600 downloads to us 
Yes. Oh, do we have 600 now? We have 600 and we have 100 downloads on our first episode. That's which so is exciting. super cool. That means that people are downloading the first one. And not and, the others. Uh, two <laughs> of them are downloading the rest. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you guys for 600 downloads and 100 downloads on episode one, which yeah. is the John Favreau fever. We, we appreciate you. that. Um, yeah, some good news on this delicious Sunday. Mm-hmm. What's our question, Monica? So our question comes from an anonymous Andy. Y'all need to start putting your names on these. Maybe they want to stay anonymous. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question is, the holidays are upon us and people are starting to show their holiday spirit. When is the right time to start celebrating the winter festivities? Um, whenever you want. That's your answer? The day after Halloween. I okay, especially I will edit this. Usually I would say after Thanksgiving. Usually. Okay. But because we're in quarantine mm-hmm. and COVID cases are rising. Rising. Um I think you should get your joy wherever you can. That's true. And if you putting up Christmas decorations brings you joy because you have to sit in your house all the time yeah, or you condo. should be sitting in your house you rather. Um go for it. Go for it. January Jones put up her Christmas decorations the day after Halloween. Incredible. <laughs> when have you, so have you put up your Christmas decorations? I have not because I want to get some new things and also because my cat destroys Everything. anything yeah. dangling and I'm sense. pretty convinced she's going to destroy a Christmas tree. I, so what I will say is uh, what I've seen people do is they'll buy the shorter Christmas tree, like the mm-hmm. four foot Christmas tree and put it up on on a table table, and like decorate the table and then decorate the tree and then just have the cat not touch it. The thing is, is the only table I could put it on, she can absolutely jump up onto. (laughs) (laughs) But we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do. I'll definitely do some like wall decorations and stuff at the very least and put up my advent calendar. Do you know when you would start that? Um I want, to, I have it in my um, tentative plans to go to Target within the next week <gasps> to get some new things. They have some good stuff. I know. They have some good stuff. I also, then. every year I buy those little birds, you know, the ones, Fuck those yeah. little fat birds. They <laughs> all have a different birds. name. Um, I'll like with my old roommate, we made it a tra- tradition to buy them every like different holiday. So we have like some Halloween ones. We have some mm-hmm. like Thanksgiving time yes. ones. Um, and so I didn't buy them again this past Halloween, but mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go for the winter ones. Yeah, why not? You know, Get keep it up. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I really think like anytime after Halloween, like, and this is anytime, like mm-hmm. not even during the pandemic, I love the holidays i love specifically thanksgiving and christmas um i'm not religious so (laughs) christmas doesn't necessarily mean the same thing as it does to i don't know a christian um but i do love the tradition and like the the uh, merriment aspect of christmas and i also love thanksgiving and thanksgiving for me has always been the day of food like it's the day to honor food and what it does for us thank you for food thank you for food um so now that the original thanksgiving is crushed um (laughs) we can call it tom hanks giving if you will t hanks giving uh with its new definition but i honestly think like no matter what 
time of year it is and whether or not we're in a pandemic. I think any time after Halloween mm -hmm. is a marvelous time to start a watching Crimbop movies. Crimbus. Any Crimbus movies, including Krampus. <laughs> Krampus is one of my favorite Christmas it's movies. It's so good. Krampus. Uh, Krampus. Um, and watch any of your favorite Thanksgiving films. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about a Thanksgiving film in an, in an upcoming episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, it's funny people. If you don't think that funny people's a Thanksgiving movie, you're <laughs> fucking wrong. You're wrong. And you need to stop being wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so I... That's when I think that you can put up uh, decorations. I know that I have been constantly fighting with my husband about when we can put up uh, like Christmas decorations. What's the consensus right now? He just hates everything and is a total Grinch slash Scrooge and wants to wait until after Thanksgiving. I think you should move out. I agree. <laughs> I think you should move in with me. I agree. <laughs> I will kick out your current roommate. Yep. Bye bye. I Steve. will. Bye bye, Steve. Uh, JK Steve was the photographer who took our yeah, who took our podcast, photos, podcast photos you can no longer see because the Instagram was taken down fuck you Instagram <laughs> uh anyway that's a that's a wrap on the you and that's that, a wrap on the question that's a wrap on the podcast episode uh yes uh enjoy you know like revel in the in the sweet sweet afterglow of these election results mm -hmm. um there's still work to be done though guys there's so still work to be done y'all we can celebrate today let's uh, uh and let's start working again uh tomorrow tomorrow yeah. all right kids as always don't, don't sue, sue us daddy, daddy Favreau. Favreau. and our new tagline fuck you instagram <laughs> Give us our account back. Uh, what other tagline should we have? Oh yeah, fuck you, Instagram. Um, I really hope if if this account gets deleted forever, I really hope it's because John Favreau himself saw it and said, "I don't like this shit." Honestly, if we found out that John Favreau was like, "Fuck this shit," I would honestly die in a good way. Like I, might, I, I think I would still do this podcast. I might change the name. Yeah, I, we would probably change it to like, "Who's your daddy." <laughs> and then in parentheses John Favreau <laughs> John Favreau was my daddy the uh, oh god <laughs> anyway uh, alright well farewell, farewell friend bye bye Jessica bye